0: Alright everyone, welcome to episode 3 of the BTW Podcast, Quarantine Edition. So obviously we are at home today recording this. We're not in our studio as usual, but we have an awesome episode for you guys today focusing on quarantine life and COVID-19. We got Would You Buy That and an awesome interview with Chris Gandy. I'm your co-host Andrew Bratchon. with me is Kishore Morthy. Let's get right into it after a quick word about our sponsors.
1: Brookdale Landscaping and Lighting is a great local landscaping company and is perfect for those of you stuck in quarantine who still don't want to do yard work.
0: Right now they're focusing on mulching, fertilization, gutter cleaning, and aeration to make your yard ready for summer. Visit Landscaping.com to get a quote today.
1: OK, so for this episode um, and would you buy that, we're going to be looking at products that you can use at home because this is the quarantine edition. So um, I know that people have more than enough time at home. So some really cool products and then also some innovations that um, some innovators have made that will help to stop the spread of this disease.
0: Yeah. So the, the first product we got today, actually, sure, it's called Hygiene Hook. So this one is more on the uh, prevention side of things, uh, less at home use, but still super cool. And, uh, would have been really useful if we were out of quarantine, still, still out and about. And even for those who go, um, who go out, uh, super great. So it's, it's a metallic hook. It almost looks like a, like a clothing line hook. And, uh, it's small enough to fit in your pocket, but it's perfect because you walk, uh, when you walk around and you go to doors, you don't want to touch the door because you want to keep your hands clean. You don't know who's touched it. You don't want to have that be another way to spread. Um, so you, you pull out your hygiene hook, you hook it around the door handle, and, uh, you pull. No contact, slips right back in your pocket. Hands are clean. It's perfect.
1: Okay. That's, that's nice. So y- you said it's pocket size?
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, I mean, it really, it's, it's small, like it's. It's probably about like your the palm of your hand, probably a bit smaller. But it's it's okay. big enough to handle like any door, so you don't have to worry about like a tiny door handle. Like, what um, about
1: um, what about different? Because because I know some door handles are like those rectangle ones that you pull down. Other ones are um, round doorknobs that you turn. So
0: yeah, okay. So sense? get this. So it, it has on one side it has a hook. Like the hanger, but on the other side, it has a long, like oval shaped, but it's hollow on the inside. So you can use that to slide around different shapes of doors, and you can also use that to push the door.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that is, that's good because a lot of, especially public doors, are definitely push and pull.
0: Exactly. So, like, then Um, you don't have to get anything on your clothes, you don't have to push it with your elbow or shoulder. It's on this handy little tool right here. And the price point, even better what 15 bucks
1: wow yeah i think no no that's a good price especially for the... there's a lot of people who are being extra cautious about everything they're wiping down everything that comes into the house i know my mom is making sure that everything's wiped down and and doorknobs are just a just a pool of germs of germs Seriously? waiting to be
0: yeah well, and even then, like, I mean, every once in a while you'll see, you know, delivery people like touch your doors and, um, you know, respect for people that are still working and, and doing those know, jobs. Yeah, but, exactly. but, but you got to be, I mean, you got to be as safe and sanitary as possible. So even at home, a hygiene hook could, uh, could come in handy. I mean, and for $15, it's worth a try. You know, I mean, any, anything and everything to prevent um, spread right now is, is, is ideal.
1: Yeah, no, I, I just saw a story that um, one one delivery person was delivering uh, a package to someone's home and he saw that there's a sign on the door that said um, someone in this house has like uh, an underlying disease or something that can put her at more risk for COVID. So right. he he took it on himself. He wiped down the full box. He went and got like Clorox and wiped down the whole box. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and he's just a delivery person. He didn't have to do any of that. Um, and, and something like this, even giving this to, like, del- delivery people or... Uh, well, yeah, dude. All, all even workers them, like, and so inexpensive. Yes.
0: Right. Like, ha- in like bulk, have, yeah. have Amazon distribute this to all their delivery workers. And, I mean, just like that, you have such little contact. If everyone's using a hygiene hook, you know, no one's, no one's spreading and touching everything this is great. And, and, this could, and, and this could be widely distributed.
1: I, I think so. And even more than um, delivery workers, because th- they might not be opening doors as much as opposed to just putting it outside, but just general workers who are walking around stores and grocery stores, the, all of those essential workers,
2: um, Dude, it seriously. could definitely
1: turn into more of just a, than just a consumer product. It could be a real savior.
0: Yeah, this could be, I mean, it, it really could be big. And I think the fact that it's cheap enough you could easily um, make thousands of these and and widely distribute them to to really prevent yeah. spread in different sectors, especially delivery. So it's a multi-purpose. I, um so yeah, yeah I, I would buy it. I I would buy it. How about you?
1: Oh, I w- I would a hundred percent buy this. And and yeah, for for fifteen dollars, that could no doubt. prevent someone from getting sick. I think it's completely worth it.
0: Absolutely, it's easy.
1: So our next product are called coffee julies, Andrew. Um right, so you already these, got my interest,
0: because I love coffee.
1: Yeah, no, these are some of the most genius little items I think I've ever seen. I remember actually the episode on Shark Tank and I was blown away. I don't know why I already why I don't already have them. Anyway, so coffee julies are little shiny metal beans, okay? That you okay. can drop into your coffee or into your hot chocolate or whatever hot drink you're drinking at home while you're stuck at home during quarantine. Right. Right. Um, so, so what happens is these beans will take your drink to that right temperature and then keep it there for hours. So, um, you you know, when you heat up coffee or or you're heating up a drink and you, you take that first sip and then your whole tongue is burnt
0: you know yeah, it's terrible. It's awful.
1: And then and then you feel it for the next week. So that's horrible. But then you you okay. So on the other side, you wait for it to cool off, and then you drink it, and then it's ice cold, and you're like, oh my god, right? How much? Or you to get it at the right temperature,
0: right? Or you only get like one sip at the perfect temperature, and then you're screwed. Exactly.
1: So this um these beans have this material in them that melt when it's inside of a hot liquid. Um, so it it absorbs. Um, the extra heat until it's at the perfect drink drinking temperature. And then it slowly releases that heat back into the drink as the liquid cools to keep it um, oh at 140 gosh. degrees, which is what they've determined is perfect drinking temperature. So I think I mean, it's crazy. And it's 85 uh, percent recycled um, stainless steel. So it's like I, I can't even find a negative in it.
0: Wait, okay. So just to be clear, the beans themselves aren't melting, right? No, no, it's uh it's material inside of them. Okay, so that's how it maintains the heat is like it melts it melts like the inside so that it releases Dude, that's I'm blown yeah, so right it, now.
1: So so it melts, it absorbs heat and then it slowly releases it back into the hot liquid. And it's yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a scientific um genius right here. Absolutely. I'm absolutely
0: um, blown. Well, and you know what else you could do is if you want a cold drink to stay cold longer, you could put these in the freezer and then, um, it would, the inside would be really cold and release. It'd be like having an everlasting piece of ice.
1: Wow. That I, I'd be curious to see if that works. Um, right. But this is incredible. It, yeah. I think. And, and especially at home, I think and the, and when in the winter, um, when it's cold, I think something like this would, it would just be so much more comforting. If you're sitting down to watch a nice show. Yeah. I, I like this. I mean, and then, It's, w- it's like
0: my daily routine to, to, to wake up in the morning, you know, get some, get some breakfast and then make a cup of coffee and then go do my work. But I, I put, I set my cup of coffee down and if I don't put it in a thermos or like you know, like a, a stay hot mug. But but even then, then let's I'm be screwed. honest.
1: How, how how good do thermoses work?
0: Well, what? right. And and then uh, okay. Here's the other thing: unless is you a thermos, lid. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shout out lid. But if yeah. if you have a thermos and you put your really hot coffee, like fresh coffee, into it, it stays too hot for too long. Yeah. Unlike unlike these, where these will reduce the temperature to that perfect one forty and then maintain it. But your and thermos the just maintains whatever you put in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that really got me. It's like controlling; it's basically controlling the temperature of your liquid. Um, and then a a price is personally I don't think it's too bad. It's fifty bucks for a set of five.
0: Okay, um, well, and then so that's that's five of these beans, which are they're they're not like small beans either. They're like they're decent size. I mean, they're not giant, but it's probably no, like yeah. half a piece of ice. It's not like it's not like the size of an actual coffee bean. But think about it, like you get five of these and you only need one to put in your coffee. So that's that's five of them can be used at once. So all you need is one per person. So $10 for one of these things to, and, to uh, keep my coffee and consistently And they warm. Are,
1: they're reusable. So Right, I, you I, just got to rinse would, it off. Yeah, so it'd be $50 for ever. And you can use this yearly. Um, I, I don't, I'm all in on this, honestly.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and even then it comes with a little pouch too. So if you're traveling, bring it with you. Like, you know, you're on the road, you drop one of these in your coffee, you know, you get a new coffee, you drop the next one in and you, I think this, I, I think that this might actually be the first product from would you buy that I go and buy because yeah, this is incredible.
1: And, and not that, um, not that it matters, but the beans look cool they have like a little crevice in them that makes it look like a coffee bean like if oh, uh, yeah. if they were on my table and i was putting them in and some random guy walked up Fright? next to me he'd be yeah. intrigued
0: and then boom they get another sale so um it's well and they got this like chrome shiny finish like just have it yeah like you said having those on your table and like dropping one of those in your coffee like <laughs> that looks like cool. you feel cool like you feel yeah. cool doing that i
1: might have to would... drink my coffee with the clear a glass now so that everyone can right. see.
0: Oh my gosh, in their in their promo video, they have a hot espresso pouring into a little espresso shot jar and they just drop one of these things in. Oh It my, is yeah. that's it. It like for coffee, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's it. That's incredible. So, yes, I would buy this. I would buy this for my friends. I would buy this for my family. Anyone I know that drinks tea or coffee, I might just get them this because this is the most practical thing I've ever seen.
1: Yep. Definitely.
0: Solves such a problem. Love it. All right. Sure. This one, it's pretty cool. It's very practical. It's another prevention kind of product. So it's not one, you know, for home use exactly. Um, but if you're out and about perfect. And I mean, I can even see this going to doctors. So let me kind of paint a picture for you. It looks like a, pretty similar to a Fitbit and it oh, wasn't okay. always called ImmuTouch. But that's what it's called now. It's it's an immutouch wristwatch, pretty much. What it used to do is it was a bad habit breaker. So it would help you stop biting your nails, picking at your hair, picking at your skin, stuff like that. So it would kind of um, buzz you whenever you did that. And it went along with an app so that you could break those bad habits. But now with their software, immutouch has um, shifted gears and started producing a smart band that vibrates every time you touch your face and why is that important that's important because with covid19 touching your face is uh an extremely bad habit especially when you're out and about because absolutely you could you could pick up um you you put yourself at more risk for for developing yeah, yeah. Your, um the virus your mouth
1: your nose those are all places where germs can enter the virus can enter it's just it's not worth it but it's such a It's such a a human nature habit to want to touch your face. Um, I saw I was watching the news and one of the news reporters said one day she she did this thing, which uh, I'm sure she wished she had this watch. But um, she did this thing where throughout the day, every time she was about to touch her face, she'd go to a notebook and make a tally. And by the end, she had like
0: she had like 70 something. And I was like, I mean, it's eye opening. It's crazy. It's it. crazy. But like it's it really is so natural and so like you don't notice it, but you're constantly touching your face, whether you're grooming yourself or itching anything, mm-hmm. but it happens so much, but it's so bad because those are the hotspot areas Definitely. where you could develop the sickness. So So this is really in the something in
1: the spirit of helping the coronavirus.
0: 100%. I mean, these, this company completely shifted gears. Like like I was saying, this was a, a smart band that was to break bad habits. They fully shifted and started producing this ImmuTouch smart band that uh, the software is only for buzzing you when you touch your face. So okay. it still is breaking that kind of bad habit, but in a time where it needs to be broken so bad. I mean, the the World Health Organization. You know, BBC, Forbes, New York Times, they've all talked about it, how this kind of product could actually be a game changer in um, stopping the prevention at some level and or stopping the spread at some level. And even all of
1: the talk that, you know, our, our world is never going to be the same. People aren't going to handshake anymore, um, you know, because right. we're always going to be worried about this type of thing. And to build a habit against touching your face would be invaluable for the rest of our lives.
0: Now, now, yeah, now. No, for sure. This... I mean, one. Okay, so it's fifty dollars, which I think is a fair price. Okay, so
1: um, one thing that I immediately think of is, so I get this watch and I put it on my left wrist. What happens if I touch my face with my right hand?
0: That's a really interesting point.
1: I don't know. You know, I. I... For sake of looking goofy and paying a hundred bucks, I don't know if I'd want to buy two of these. So yeah, I don't.
0: I wouldn't either.
1: And and I, but, I, I don't think. Hmm. I mean, there's no way for it to tell, in all honesty. So I think that's, it's really ideally, well, like as an idea, it's good. Um, in terms of how practical it'd be and useful, I'd be curious. Like, I think I it, it would turn up to. I'd have to use it to see how
0: how functional it really is. Yeah, you know, I think I think part of the key here with the band though is it would break a bad habit that would prevent other hands. So it like it like calibrates to where your face is and then every time you raise raise it 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 vibrates, but I think for most people their dominant hand would be the one that does it most. But even the vibration after a day would start to make you much more cognizant of a naturally unconscious yeah. activity. So like, so even if it isn't 100% functional or, you know, like works every single time for $50, I think I might think about well, um, well, investing on, on in the, something that would make me aware.
1: Yeah. On the other side, what, what if it works too much? What if it works every time you're like, you know you know what I'm saying like what if it's buzzing you so much that it's annoying and your wrist is hurting you're just like stretching putting your arms up and it's like hey get your hand down um I mean that is something I'm sure they've thought of but I'd be really curious to see how how functional it really is and buzzing you only when you're touching your face
0: yeah that's that's a really good point because that would be so annoying if Mm -hmm. if you're just like living your life not touching your face and buzz 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 but they do say you can pause vibrations just with a tap on the top, but it would be such a hassle. So I don't know. I don't think this one is as practical. I think it's a really great idea and could be useful. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe if like hospitals distributed them and like do- like doctors, you don't want doc- – I mean doctors, of course, cognizant of touching your face. They're the ones who are saying not to do it. But in a busy day in a hectic hospital right now, you, know, you never know what happens if they Absolutely. itch their face and – so it's not worth it. Just another le- level of protection for fifty dollars. I think I think the right customer could use it.
1: Yeah, I think um, this is another one, just like the hygiene hook that could really be distributed on the on a mass level. Personally, at right. this point, um, at home, I, I don't I don't think I'd buy it just yet, just because um, I, I don't feel that it will greatly help me, and that I could use that fifty bucks somewhere else. But you know, I I might. It might just be a try, but I, I would try it out. I'm not all in on it.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not all in. I I see the practicality. I see the point of it, but it's just not for me. So I wouldn't buy it. Cool.
1: Okay, Andrew, this product I love. I saw it and and I I need it immediately. I think for especially for the younger generation who are so sick of being stuck at home, right? Um, as teens, right. I know you want to go out, play basketball, hang out with friends and and there's this mm-hmm. there's this stigma that we're not at risk personally but um we know that w- by going out we might be putting others at risk so so we have to stay home right um but this thing's really cool so this is a mini USB desktop fridge cooler refrigerator man that's a that's m- a mouthful <laughs> that's a mouthful oh my god all right then they need a better name but that's something for later so so this is a it's essentially a refrigerator, a tiny refrigerator, the size of a single soda can that you can put on your desk at home and just plug it in using a USB. So you can plug it right into any adapter that you have, like
0: for your phone. So you, can, you can plug it into your computer too while you're working. Yeah, right to your
1: computer. Um, so yeah, basically it it will keep one soda can cool. And if you're upstairs in your room or on the second or third floor, you don't have to go all the way down to go to the refrigerator. Um, especially as you're drinking the soda, it keeps it cool. So, I, I mean, I saw it and I was like, why not? It's, it's really uh, it's kind of,
0: it's kind of a novelty item, but I think it's cool. That's pretty decent. I, I like the idea of it, especially because it's so desktop. Like, like if, if, if it's desktop, you don't want it to be big. Like you want it to be able to fit in one little area and just sit perched on your desk without it getting in the way of everything. But I can totally see myself coming up to my room to do my schoolwork and other projects for three, four hours during mm. quarantine, getting thirsty, not having to worry about it, just popping that baby open and and grabbing my drink. That'd, that'd be awesome. That'd be
1: so cool. And it's such a I think it's such a cool idea. It'd be like if I bought this, I'd immediately text my friends, Instagram it, and everyone would be like, "Ooh, I want one!" And right? It's just a
0: yeah, for sure, just a
1: cool thing to have.
0: Um, do you think it could it could hold things that aren't just soda cans though?
1: Um, possibly. It, it is it is really small. It's like like it okay. it barely fits a soda can. Like it's perfectly sized for that. So things smaller, yes, but like. Like a water bottle, like those regular sized water bottles. No,
0: definitely not. Right. Um. See, that might be a deal breaker yeah. for me because I just don't drink soda. No, I'm in the
1: same boat. Yeah.
0: And I mean, okay, so there's so like sometimes like coffee in a can, but I don't, I don't drink like those kinds of coffees that much. So I feel like I'm, I don't know, I'm torn on this one because I love the idea of having like a a sweet little mini fridge yeah. on my desk like that's yeah, yeah. so cool i would but uh just for I, cans I would definitely
1: use it if it, it would fit a water bottle like it it fits those mini water bottles right I, i'll finish that in one one drink. True. so okay well, well this yeah. this will make you or this this would definitely throw me off this trail but it, it costs 52 dollars
0: 50 is that five two
1: for oh my For a a novelty novelty, little tiny plastic fridge. And
0: I feel like this would be one of those things where you put it on your desk and every once in a while you use it. You forget about a drink in there or you forget to restock it after you use Mm -hmm. it. Like there's, since there's only one drink, like you have to think about it. This is preventing you from having to go get a drink whenever you want one. But since there's only, since it only fits one drink. You still have to restock every time. So you're moving the same amount. So it really doesn't it solve doesn't, that
1: not It's not, you definitely don't want to buy two of these. <laughs> that's, that's a hundred
0: dollars. So, uh, yeah, that'd be insane. Like if you want it like a, for a gift for someone, like this should be 20 bucks. Like I'd, I'd get this as a kind of a gag, like fun gift for someone, bucks, but for $50. Even bucks is a little
1: pushing it. I think that it's such a novelty,
0: but it's cool. Like I, I love the idea, but I think. It needs to be way cheaper, and it needs to be more versatile with different drinks. I agree. Yeah, I personally I would not buy this, but I, I mean neither would I. But I'm staring at my desk right now, and I can see a little <laughs> spot for it, just like right here. Yeah. Like I'm just like, man, I I want that there for my water bottles. And I, I hope,
1: like I hope, my I hope my some coffee co- company rips this off and makes a cheaper version. <laughs> right mean. or
0: like they can make like a dual threat one so like it it, it goes hot and cold to keep your coffee although now i got yeah, coffee juice, so no. i don't need this no um. not anymore all right yeah yep. no i that's definitely wouldn't buy no. this.
1: that's a no buy for me
0: all right final one we got today i think it's pretty cool i like it a lot but there's it's got a lot of functions it's it's kind of tough okay so let me just get right into it it's called a cubicle mm. Okay. So picture this, Sure, you're at home, you've been at home for the last, what, five or six weeks because of quarantine, and your family's starting to drive you a little crazy. I, I don't know about you, but there's times where, you know what, my family, I just, I got to go to my room, I got <laughs> to get away from them because Absolutely. I need my space, whether I'm doing my homework or it's just eight o'clock at night, and you know what, I just got to get away. So, you know, there's not many places to go. I can't go to a friend's house right now, I I... The space I got to my room. So, and especially like right now, we're recording a podcast, this would be great. You get some privacy, you get some quiet, and you get some workspace. It's a portable cubicle. Oh, all right. So, so it, it's for either like work offices or home. So, this would be just perfect in my room, like in the corner, in anyone's room, in any house. If someone has an important yeah. phone call, if someone just really needs to get some work done, grind it out and not be distracted, uh, a little, a cubicle is the way to go. It's sleek. It looks nice. It's big enough to fit a person. It has soundproof walls. It has a desk built into the wall. It has a seat. It has, um, but different types of doors and different sizes. So you can have a, you can buy one that's for two occupants or four occupants.
1: So, yeah, go but ahead. But here's
0: the catch. Here's the really cool thing. This is dual purpose because they also make an isolation cubicle for medical purposes. So this could be put into hospitals too.
1: That, yeah. No, no. That would that would be great, I think.
0: So it's es- – Especially for the, – they, So they, they make kind of
1: – No, I, I was thinking for um, yeah. patients – Who are well? Let me think about this because it seems pretty small to where, like, like putting a patient in there wouldn't really do much, right? Except, I mean, it would isolate them, but.
0: So. No, so here it's you got it backwards. So this is more for the doctors. So. Um. So picture this: like a, a cubicle with a clear window and then two cub, two little circular holes with rubber gloves built into them mm-hmm. that you can reach out. So the doctor's in there with, and then the patient's outside. So the, it's got negative pressure filtration. So it air will come in. You can breathe, but, or I'm sorry, you can breathe, but no like bacteria and air will come in. It's antimicrobial and virus, um, resistant surfaces. Okay it's easy to assemble. So this is, this is for like doctor testing. So if a doctor wants to test patients with a swab and the patient needs to just walk up and get swabbed, the doctor can stay protected while the patient. Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, that
1: definitely works. Um, I think so, so in the, in the, let's go back to the home setting real quick. Um,
0: right. Is it, it's big enough to fit one person you said? So, so they have different designs. They have two main designs. One of them is big enough to fit two people, and that's about your average. It's a bit bigger than a phone booth kind of size. So, picture that you can fit two people in there, sitting and working at the desk. Or there's one that's uh, large enough for four people, which has uh, two large benches plus okay. desks built in.
1: Yeah, I, personally, um, if, if I if I if I want to go to a quiet place to go do my work, be alone. I also don't want to, like, enclose myself. I feel like this would feel really restrictive in terms of space. Um, I don't want to feel like like there's a wall right here and right here on my sides. Um, I still want to be True. in a spacious room just by myself. Um, and, and I feel like this could be restrictive. Do we True. have a price?
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. This is not exactly for every okay. home user. But if... It- <laughs> If uh, if you got some deep pockets, you know, at a time like this, then you might want to invest. It's it's like seven to eight thousand oh, okay. dollars.
1: Yeah, now we're talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so this isn't cheap. It's oh. I mean, it's it's no like you know like little plastic play cubicle. It's it's legit. It's for work mm-hmm. and office space or what? Or you know, a doctor exam also, or isolation how,
1: how portable is it necessarily? Does it have wheels? Or like how? Can I move it or is it just portable in the sense you can put it anywhere?
0: So, so they do claim quick and easy assembly. Now, I mean, quick and easy for who? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like someone who, who <laughs> for their people, maybe. I don't think it's extremely portable, but I mean, who's going to move a cubicle around? That's kind of a sit in place true. kind of thing. But for the, for hospitals right now, this is a really great idea. It's a really great invention for, doctor safety patient protection because they have they have these three different kinds they have a testing booth they have an exam pod with more more features in it and then they have a large isolation pod for yeah, patients no, I'm I mean seeing there's that so right, much no, you can do great. with think, these
1: and and they, they they would definitely give a discount to um, hospitals or to the even to the yes. government if um, to buy it in bulk. And you wouldn't need that many per hospital because it's not like every doctor has to be isolated, but just the people who are doing work with patients and stuff.
0: Right. Well, I mean, think about this. You know, it costs eight thousand dollars, but that's so that they can make Mm -hmm. a profit. So in this crisis right now, they could just turn these over, break even. So it probably costs them like five hundred dollars in materials to produce these, and then they make you know seven thousand off of each one. So they could just they could just give it to hospitals. I mean, I'm wondering. You know,
1: I mean, this Uh, is a. This is a product on their website. I'm wondering how, like, how much this is actually in use. Like, have they, do you know if they've distributed them to hospitals? Like, every day they wait
0: is too late. I, absolutely. I haven't seen this anywhere. Like, I haven't seen any news about this or pictures with this. Um, But I can't imagine that there aren't hospitals out there right now that are using these kinds of um, pods, if not makeshift ones, you know, that are cheaper. But... Okay, so
1: so I would I would not no, buy this buy. for myself. I I'd, I'd feel restricted even if it was a little bit more reasonable. I still probably wouldn't um and, and definitely for the price, but I think in terms of in the, in the medical sense, I think it's a really genius idea.
0: For me, if you take the price away, I'm all over it. I I want <laughs> some quiet, some peace to do my work, to take important phone calls. You know, I don't want to have to worry about my dog next to me just barking yeah. up a storm when I got a soundproof box. It's perfect. But like I said, $8,000, that's quite a bit steep for a 17-year-old.
1: <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, that's not how the business world works. You can't just take your price away. So our interview for this episode is Chris Gandy. He is the founder for, of the Midwest Legacy Group, which is a financial services company. Um he's al- he was also a d1 college basketball athlete at the University of Illinois and went on to play professional basketball, including playing for the Chicago Bulls um, and he is also a part of the million dollar roundtable, which we will get more into in our interview. so let's get right into it.
0: all right chris we uh, we know you run a very successful financial services company, Midwest Legacy Group for our listeners. Can you tell us about Midwest Legacy Group? what you guys do, what you do, how you participate with them, stuff like that.
2: Sure, so Midwest Legacy Group is a group that was uh, kind of founded out of um, default. It was an opportunity for me to be able to tell a story that was fairly unique. Um, I'd like to call it the corporate athlete, right? And um, we had an opportunity to kind of change um, an industry that hadn't been changed in a long time. to be be able to to uniquely be um, uh, an organization that really helps people make educated and smart decisions with their money by by helping them just get everything organized. So um, we're based here in the Midwest, but we're a national firm. And, um, you know, we're licensed in 46 or 47 states. So we end up traveling the country working with people uh, on – really doing all the things that are important to them. So I, I heard you talk about how it was it was important for you
0: because of uh, where you came from with athletics. And so um, can you touch on what you experienced in your athletic career that drove you to create um, a financial company? Like we know a, uh, athletes
2: commonly misspend their money, or it's a stigma usually. Right, 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 right. So um, after playing for a handful of years, I had an opportunity to to be introduced to a guy who was in the industry working with um, professional people, and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting what he was doing with me. So what I wanted to do was to try and figure out, instead of him telling me what to do, I wanted to figure out what to do um, with my own money. and. And what better, who better to learn it than myself? Right. And so um, I took it on myself to start to learn the industry of um, managing money and also dealing with insurance and investment products and the and the moving parts in that world. So that's uh, and I'd say if you're an entrepreneur or competitive, it's a very competitive world mm-hmm. to to kind of cut your teeth and and to um, Uh, really hone your skills along the way especially coming out of college because coming out of college you don't have a lot of work experience and so it's a great way for you to get work experience is learning how to sale learning how to communicate with others and also learning how to work as a team and uh, really drive business so can you tell us about how you encountered business in
1: your professional basketball career whether that be your role in contracts or agents can you tell us about how that financial stuff works there
2: agents those are real people no I'm just joking. <laughs> like, we may have a couple agents on here because I, I know a couple that are good but um if you think about it uh so let's let's talk professional sports mm-hmm. right And the business of professional sports right that's real right if you look at the nfl it's an 80 billion dollar a year industry Right. If you look if you added all the contracts up and the players' contracts, that's probably only only one sixteenth of that money. So where does the rest of the money go? You ask yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a big it's a huge business. Right. Right? If you take out the most successful NBA and NFL player, the league still continues. So it is a machine. Yeah. It's the same as in college, and it's the same as in the first time I really realized that sports was a business was in college when it wasn't up to us to decide who played, right? right? And in college, uh, we'd pack in 25-30,000 people into a stadium, and the tickets were fifty to sixty dollars a ticket. You know, you can do some math with that. Mm. You know, start to pack in the numbers, you're like, okay, wait a minute. This university per game is making somewhere between one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand dollars, not including TV contracts. Yeah. Right? It's a nice chunk of dough. That's a nice chunk of dough. And we were playing somewhere between 30 and 35 games a year. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not sure our shoes and our jerseys cost that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Right? Yeah. So um, that was the first time I realized it was a business. And um, I also saw people that were very talented that got sent home because they just couldn't follow the business rules, the rules of engagement. And in business, there's just guidelines. And so if you don't follow those guidelines, whether it's in sports or anywhere else, you get cut, or you know, you're know you no longer a part of the business. And if you get in a way and disrupt the business of the money, you no longer get an opportunity to play. Right? Did that frustrate
0: you? Because for me, like, um, I mean, Kishore and I are both athletes. And um, what sport? Baseball, baseball yeah. players, yeah. Baseball, yeah. yeah. I play a little baseball.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I play first base. They used to call me Stretch. I'm a first baseman, too. six nine. Love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it fits the height. Um, but it makes me like like as an athlete, if I were to ever play the next level, um, I feel like I'd be frustrated with the politics of like I, I would just want to play. I would want to play for the sport's sake, not the business sake.
2: Sure. Did that Did that ever bother you? Uh, Not, not really. Um, I, if you look at it, um, the ability to compartmentalize, understanding that sports itself um, is a business. It's a hobby, but it's also a business. There's two sides of it. So I'm not sure I got too frustrated. The only thing I was frustrated with was I believe I had the ability to play, but because of certain systems and because of recruits and other things, there were reasons why I might not have had an opportunity to play. So, and specifically in baseball, right? So in baseball, um, I have a handful of baseball players that played in Major League Baseball, a handful of them that still play. And the problem with baseball is that they don't get a chance to really decide who starts and who doesn't. It's the contracts. Whoever has the biggest contracts typically get the most time. <laughs> even, if, even if talent-wise, they're more talented than other people. And so that's frustrating for players because, you know, hopefully I got a guy that's watching right now. He is a, he's an NBA guy who, quite frankly, is one of the more talented NBA guys. If you were to stack him up against 80% of the guys who actually come off the bench, he's better than them. Yeah. But because of where he is in his career, the problem is his contract means that he has to get paid more. Got it. So even though he's more talented – he doesn't get a chance the opportunity to really use his skills because of where he is in his career.
0: So do coaches think of that? Like, um, I feel like usually coaches would be, uh, more of a, a player's coach than a business minded. And like the GM would usually be the, the business mind of the team, um, in terms of like playing time for contracts. So do, did your coaches, um, were they aware of the business side and contracts and not letting this guy play because he would get paid more money? Sure.
2: Well, um, they don't decide. That's the problem. So, if you look at, um, you know, if we look at a team like Golden State Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. There's a handful of the Golden State Warriors on other teams, they wouldn't play. <laughs> yeah. Right? And vice versa. There's other guys on other teams that, that won't play. And the reason why they wouldn't play is because, you know, they got to fit a system. So, but it has 100% to do with more of um, the contracts. Than it does anything. There's rookies that are as talented as some of the vets, but the vets get to play because of how much they inve- the team is invested right. in those players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see that with the Bears, right? Um, I think Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. is one of those guys where, okay, Mitch, you know what? You threw a couple of interceptions. Go sit down for the rest of the day. Yeah. But the contract says Mitch Trubisky will play 60 to 70 percent of the time, right. regardless of how much he could stink up the stink up the field. And uh, that's just the nature yeah. of that's the nature of the beast, right? So, like in that case, it's like the the business side,
1: like the whole the whole thing about winning the games. Sometimes the business side just like tr- trumps that, right? Yeah,
2: yeah sometimes. Yeah. But I've I've heard this is that uh, many guys believe that the the NFL, right? So, what do you guys think about this theory? The NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA is rigged, right? And people will say, why does the NBA? You can have two lopsided teams and it goes seven games. I say why? Because of TV money, right? Some of the TV, yeah. some of the TV money is sometimes a hundred million dollars right. per per game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does how does it go from four zero or three zero? Yeah. Too. To it's tied up. And game seven. And game seven. <laughs> yeah. Right? So much on knife. on, on yeah. Sunday at five o'clock. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and then there's the
0: then like if ESPN's covering it, they not only have the game but they have the the shows leading up to the game with all the you know like Stephen A Smith talking about the game they get all the commercials yeah I mean um, yeah there's that's that's a good point there's a lot of money in that
2: so I don't I don't think the game is fixed I mean I don't think the game is fixed at all but I do think that they try and call the games a little closer right. Right, so if the game's a little bit closer, I think they try and call that a little bit closer at times. Mm-hmm. And because of the talent is so small, the difference between the teams, it naturally comes down to yeah. maybe the last minute, last minute and a half of a game, yeah. where um, they're making a decision. You know, some of the plays on the on the court or on the field are making a decision on what what happens. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were talking about the contracts. What popped into my head immediately is like in baseball. Um this past off season before there was a couple like Mike Trout four hundred thousand, right? Four hundred and fifty. Four hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollar contract. Um that's getting to like
2: yeah.
0: I, I mean, mean, yeah, fun. nearing half a billion. There's there's a lot of money in sports mm-hmm. for sure. It
2: was four hundred and fifty million. Yeah. I mean million, my bad, my yeah, 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 yeah. bad. It was four hundred and fifty million, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Four hundred and fifty million. What do you do with four hundred and fifty million dollars? I mean, seriously. If you're smart you invest it. Right? <laughs> Even if you're not smart, I mean uh, that's you know, yeah. at, how smart do you have to be? I, I, if I just put the money in a bank account, right, and get half of a percent, right? 0. 0, 0. 0.05. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's call it. I'm getting, I'm getting half a percent a year, yeah. right? They'll give me one percent on them on my money if 400 million.
0: Yeah, that's not bad growth. Then you put right. it in a CD right. and you right. get three percent, right? Then... Right, <laughs> there you go, right? With no risk. I mean, right. I just, no, yeah. it's guaranteed.
2: I make a ton of money just letting my money sit. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right a bad right. life.
0: Yeah, so did you, did you, um, do you have an agent? I did. I did. Did you like the dynamic of that, or was it frustrating to have someone else negotiate?
2: Uh, you know, so, so an agent, right? So, so one, what is an agent's role in what you do? Um, no, m- the role of an agent for me um, was a little different than probably a lot of players. The role of an agent for me was to help me negotiate a contract. Um, a role of an agent for a lot of people tend to be a mentor. Um, it tends to be somebody who's a friend. It tends to be somebody who also uh, helps them in business. Um, an agent for me was simply a guy to help me get a contract. Um, I got my agent by interviewing two or three and then um, I asked my coach, hey coach, I don't who should I talk to if I'm trying to do XYZ And he kind of said maybe this is the guy you should go with He's a good dude but other than that, um, but I see I see some agents. Out there, that at times um, take advantage of players mm. um, because yep. of the trust. Right, right. Tr- players tend to trust them, um, but again, it's a business. So anytime yeah. you go into professional sports, understand anybody who touches it is in business to make money. Yep. Right. And so if you're no longer making money for them, the problem with most players is they 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 misplace trust. Right. And so um, if you take a role of an agent, let's call an agent in your life for five to seven years of professional professional sports right and if you do that you take a take an example that's probably less than 150 or 140th of your life the timeline in which this person's in your in your world yeah and you're trusting him with your largest money yeah. money earning years Yep. and when the popcorn stops and the phone stops ringing the agent stops calling yeah you're no longer making money your trust is in that person and then you have to deal with how do i how do i um how do i rebuild trust because now i don't trust anyone because this was the person i trusted most and i, I just think i think as athletes they just misplaced trust on a regular basis unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah
1: so is, um so the the agent did they did you ever like um have direct relations with like the general ma- manager of the front office or was no. that all through the agent no well
2: only when only when they cut you, yeah, or they yeah. sign you, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Or they walk through the locker room, right? right. Exactly. So, so you're, so you're not on a regular basis interacting with the front office people, okay. you're interacting with the coaches, the training staff, mm-hmm. the players. You're interacting with them, and then when it's when it's time to either a get cut, b a you need to go find another job, you know that type of thing. Yeah, right. C you know what? Hey, we want to resign you. Hey, we're gonna send a ten day. You literally come in a room that's like similar to the size of this one. They say, Hey, sit down, let's have a conversation. And it's literally about 30 seconds. And then you get up and you leave.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Did you
2: ever think about becoming an agent? Obviously, you're in the financial world. Absolutely (laughs) not. Right. Um, Because if you think about an agent, uh, the problem is that, and the challenge with agents is um, you're having to use someone else to make money. Right.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
2: And and, and and I never wanted to be in that situation where where I was taking a young man and I was making him promises that I'm not sure I could keep.
0: Yeah. And, and
2: uh, that, that's, a cha- that's, that's really challenging. And
0: you're also relying on their success yeah. to some extent as well. Correct. You don't control how they play, what contracts they get. You can ne- yeah, yeah. negotiate to the best of your ability, but if they're not performing, then you can't get the contract and take whatever percent you need to provide for yourself. Correct. And agents, um, if I'm not mistaken, usually have
1: multiple clients, right? That's right. Um, yeah. so That's right. even just that, I've always wondered like as a as one of the clients, do you do you ever feel like I don't know if your agent had multiple clients, but do you Absolutely. ever do you ever Absolutely. feel like they're not focused on you and they're
2: like worried about the
1: other ones at a certain point in time?
2: Uh I'm not sure if I, I really focus my, my energy on that. But okay. uh, I understood what the name of the game was. The name mm-hmm. of the game was, give me a contract. I understand you work with other guys. Yeah. And uh, I think it's 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 insane for me to think that one person is depending on me to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so I never wanted it to be that way. But I'm sure if you got a guy like a Drew Rosenhaus or you got some of the super agents. Yeah. Right? And um, I'm sure that's some of the troubles and challenges that some of the guys go through. Um, I didn't have to go through that. I wasn't a, a top, I wasn't a top ten or top twenty pick in the NBA, um, so it wasn't an issue for me. I was just happy to be playing, happy to be a part of a team. Yeah. Happy they actually chose me, and mm-hmm. I get a chance to play a kid's game and make some money. Yeah. So bulls, bulls, right? A couple teams, but most of the time on the bulls. I was with the bulls in '97. So with MJ. Yeah, he was he was running around there, nice. um, and then kind of skipped around for that summer um to a couple teams and then played overseas for a couple years yeah
0: was it i won't get into this too much but was it um any different to be i mean i'm sure it was but how is it different to be on a team with michael jordan versus like just uh another nba team whereas he like a superstar like that isn't playing with you
2: right um it was competitive Right? I mean, yeah, just like imagine you can compete. Someone that's the best in the game or someone who's really good and you're trying to compete for, for, for a job, right? Um, he was fairly unique. You didn't know at the time, you know, he's really good. You didn't know he was going to, no one, no one could possibly eclipse him um, until, you know, someone comes along like maybe a LeBron or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was one of the first ones, I believe, that changed the way the game was played. And, uh, because he changed the way the game was played, you know, he actually, um, set the standard for, I think, NBA basketball. That's yeah.
1: cool. And, like, as a, as a member of the team, were you able to create a relationship with, with him? Absolutely or? not. <laughs> no? <Really? laughs> for a short period of time, right?
2: Okay. For a short period of time, because we practiced every day. Yeah. Um, those guys didn't always practice, but we were, we, you know, we didn't even have names. They called us Rook, right? Every now and again, they throw your name out. But, yeah. Uh, and gotcha. you know, they called you Rook. Um, yeah and and rook was exactly that. Hey, rook grabbed the bags. Hey rook, can you right. do this? Rook, do this. Hey yeah, rook, rook, you got the bill, right? And yeah. so you got to earn what they call you got to earn your name. Mm-hmm. And so until you either a, you know, get the respect of the veterans, then you're just, you know, you're just a, you're just a number, right? Cuz yeah. next week they may have and they they've understand it's a business, right? So next week they may have somebody else who is there and they have to treat them as if they're family too.
0: Yeah. So, so I got okay, I got to ask from someone who played with Michael Jordan, what's your take on the MJ versus LeBron goat
2: debate? What? Oh, okay. So you gonna ask me about the MJ versus LeBron? All right. So I mean, um, this is
0: firsthand experience. Like you don't you don't yeah, just get this anywhere. it. Yeah,
2: but it, it's uh, so 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 one. I think MJ is is the best ever play. Okay. I mean, I, Straight I believe, up, I believe that, he's the right yeah. And um, and if you were to ask me, um, even before I me, mean, if you were to ask me. You know, six weeks ago, who was the second best to ever play the game? I tell you, it was Kobe Bryant. Kobe, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, those guys just play it at a different level. Um, They played it at a different level. The way in which they could take over a game was just different than say a LeBron. Sure. Um, I think LeBron James is obviously talented. I believe he's good. Um, me and my friends go back and forth on this I mean it's always a debate right yeah. who's the best who's not the best Like yeah. you, know, you take five I'll take five <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it works you know, like we're a GM none of us are GMs right Right. Um, but um, LeBron James is a talent he is one of the freakish most freakish basketball players I've ever seen to be able to do the things that he does at his size I mean he's legitimately 270 280 pounds yeah. at 6'9 yeah, 6'8 monster. I mean he's, he's a he's a he's a, he's he's a, a freak Literally, he is a uh, he's a tight end playing basketball. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and and all of a tight end, he'd give Gronkowski to business. Oh yeah, he could um, because of his size. I mean, he's bigger than Gronkowski, size wise, mobility wise. I mean, he's 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 bigger than him. However, um, different sports, right? Um, but if you look at it, I think LeBron LeBron James will eventually be probably um, one of the leading scores in the NBA. Hold a lot of, of of clout in NBA as it deals with one of the greatest ever play the game, um, but when you say is he the greatest ever, I'm not sure he has that same fight that Michael Jordan has. I think he you know he's got an edge. I'm not sure he has the same edge that Michael has, that Kobe had, right. that you know Russell Westbrook has that same type of just. Get out of my way! I'm gonna run mm-hmm. you over. Yeah, right. He's that guy yeah, yeah. that I'll take over a game, get behind me. Yeah, I don't care what you think. Like he has that type of edge. Allen Iverson had yeah. that edge. It's just there was a different edge. If LeBron James had the same edge that uh, Michael Jordan had, there wouldn't even be a question. Right. Yeah. I don't He'd think. Have, yeah. It's sure. just a different different guy. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, we saw in your bio that you were part of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Can you just explain
2: a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So, so the Million Dollar Roundtable, in our industry, the Million Dollar Roundtable is um, a, a prestigious society in which, um, when you, you have to qualify for, it. and it's basically saying that um, you have done uh, what they call a million dollars of productivity. Uh, for, for the year, for a 12 month period of time, and they recognize it as the top 1% of advisors in the entire world. So um, we've been very fortunate to be a lifetime member, we've qualified 19 of the 20 years in the business. And, wow, very impressive. So, so, so it's, a, it's, it's as a
1: Midwest Legacy Group that you're qualifying, right? Actually, it's it's I've, it I've qualified. A, I It's as a personal. Yeah, right. I, I
2: okay. qualified um, regardless of the firm I, I was with. It's okay. a personal. It's a personal thing. Yeah. Okay. It's per advisor. Okay. Um, so it, it, it's a unique. It's a unique group of people. Um, it's just basically the pros, and i mm-hmm. are not saying other people aren't pros, but it's just the pros of what we do.
0: Yeah. So what? Um do you guys meet? Do you guys like? Yeah, what like do you? What, what perks? Yeah, like as a part of the Million Dollar Roundtable, is it just um, a tag, or is it um, is there more to it? Do you guys do stuff together? Do you guys speak or meet, and you know anything else?
2: Right. So, 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 what the Million Dollar Roundtable allows for you to do is to learn from the best and to play with the best.
0: Yeah, connections,
2: right? Yeah, and um, it is a nice tag that you can wear. Um, I don't got a jacket or anything, you know, I don't got any of that, <laughs> Gold jacket. but it's a, green, it's a nice, yeah, it's hey. a nice, it's a nice deal. Um, it allows for you to put nice plaques on the wall and say, Hey, yeah. I'm a part of this great organization, but right. it, it's just an accomplishment. Right. And yeah. so you check the box. Um, it's like getting up, being on the all-star ballot. Yeah. yeah. Think, think of it like that. It's like, Hey, I made the all-star team. Okay, great. Um, once you make the all-star team, okay, what's next, right? Okay, make the all-star team a couple years in a row. Okay, make the all-star team a couple years in a row. Now what's next? Say, hey, I want to get MVP. Okay, now you got yeah. an MVP. Now what's next? Hey, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. So it's the same type of thing. So what is next? Um, well, next for us is what they call top of the table. Okay. So there's the top 1%, which is MDRT, Million Dollar Roundtable. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's the top 10% of that 1%. Okay, right. got
0: it. So the 999
2: percentile. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's called court of the table. Oh, okay. Right, so yeah. it's 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 core of the table and it's four times MDRT. So you got to do it four times in one year. Oh, so wow. four so 4 million. So you got yeah, so you okay. have to do equivalent to 4 million yeah. of productivity. And then there's something called top of the table, which is double the four. So, oh, hey. Man. Oh, wow.
0: So you have to be a mega
2: advisor. You got to be a big so time. So how leader. how um big time. You got to be big time. Yeah. Big Shaq. No how kidding. many how many are up there? Big Shaq. Um
0: is
1: it like a under 10 number or is
2: it? No, uh, in a world. I mean, there's, I mean, because there's so many different ways to do risk management and insurance planning and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, quarter to the table, I think in, um, let's see, in 19, let me go back in time. So in 2007, 2008, 2013, 2015, we were quarter of the table. Okay. And um, my 2017 season, I call them seasons, right? Yeah. My 2017 season, I was $22 from top of the table. No. Whoa. Wow. Yeah.
0: Can uh, you just right, put 22 right, right. <laughs> Like, this is a stupid Listen, question. You can't make like, it up, right? Oh You're my. like literally $22. 22 off
2: of $8 million. That's devastating. So, you know, that was Jeez. a little eye-opening to say that if I would have focused on just that little extra we would have hit top of the table so i'm proud to announce last year we did top of the table production so it's it's not just me it's a team of people obviously it's a it's the people that behind the scenes blood sweat and tears um that that support what i do um i'm very fortunate to be 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 doing what i do and people to listen and and clients to, to to buy into what we do and allow for us to be able to guide them along the way and continue to build so yeah so we're, we're, we're happy we want to do it again this year so we'll see what we can do um so also
1: from reading your bio we saw that you do a lot with the younger generation um work with organizations for like making sports safer so can you tell us just a little
2: bit about your work that sure. Well, well, I believe that part of my part of my calling is to um, so part of my calling is to 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 add value where I can, right? So because I don't coach, one of the things I do is I, I, I try and coach individuals, kids. I try and be a part of like organizations like Alive, right? And um, volunteer time and and do things like you know, student podcasts. And I mean, I try to do as much as I possibly can with, with keeping myself sane. Right. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also try and figure out where, um, I also try to figure out where there's opportunity for me to be able to, um, to just give back. Right. And so if I can give back to, to, to what's going on, I try and do that. So, The Concussion Foundation, um, the Concussion Legacy Foundation. So I've I've been a member of that, a city member, and now I'm kind of removed a little bit, but still paying attention and very close to Chris Nowitzki. And so I don't know how many of you guys have read, saw the Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary. Seen a little. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it, yeah. It was kind of interesting, right? Because the actual researcher um, that was at Boston University is actually connected to our organization. She was one of the first ones to find CTE wow. and, and individuals and uh, draw the connection, the neurological connection between um, that the, their, bio, their biology actually changes. Right? Yeah. The, the, the human being, the brain changes yeah, and they're no longer yeah. um, the same person. They, they have a different chemical makeup because right. their brain shifts. Their brain yeah, changes yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're not using their, the, 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 the logic part of the brain, the danger part. They're not actually using it because it's, it's a dead Right and yeah. so
1: yeah, there's a great movie. I think I don't know if you watched it. It was about Mike Webster, was a center for Pitts, for the Steelers. Yeah, and it was about yeah the whole. Co- I think it was called Concussion with Will Smith. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Um, there's another. There's another one um, that was made. Um, it's not called For the Love of the Game. I'll think of it. But oh, um, Head Games, that was the name of it. So Head Games was the name of uh, was uh was the name of it. And uh, you should watch that. So Head Games, you can rent it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Watch that because it's the, it's, it's the science behind okay. CTE and trauma in the brain. And um, Lord knows, you know, my kid plays football. And the uh, only thing I worry about is is I don't worry about him breaking an arm or breaking a leg. I mean, you do.
0: But it's had. But
2: it's really the things that could potentially have traumatic effect over a long period of time is what is more more what I worry about. But, um, you know, so we do CTE, we do that, that, that program. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about the live partnership because I believe that, you know, professionals like myself and others should be able to give back to the community that, that serves us. Um, Um, how many times do you guys get a chance to talk to a D1 college athlete who now is doing something else and have played at different levels. Um, so I believe it's part of my responsibility to do things like that. No, That's awesome. Um, and just volunteer, I mean, just volunteer your time, volunteer your time, your money, and just help people where you can. I think, um, it takes a village to raise young men like yourself. Um, and so if I have the opportunity to, to, to touch that or, and help that in any way, I believe that, um, I was given a gift to play sports, and that that gift is a tool. Mm-hmm. And if I can use that tool in a positive way, to just be an influence, I, I try, I try, I try and do that yeah, as incredible. much as I possibly can.
0: Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. The last question: What's the uh, we ask all of our interviews this? What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given that you still use to this day, whether it's athletics, uh, business, world, financial, and who gave it to you?
2: You got another question for me? No, that's it. That's the question, huh? That is the That's question. the one. All right, so the question is, the best advice that someone's ever giving me um, that I still use today. Well, let's see. The first one is don't eat yellow snow, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good Probably one. Probably most practical one. Ever right? Don't <laughs> eat yellow snow. No. Yeah. No, um you know the the one the one for me that, that kind of stands out you know i've had some phenomenal kind of mentors in the business and in, in business and in life i've had great coaches i've had uh great people to kind of look up to just just you know, i've been very fortunate um the the, the advice that's kind of just it sticks with me all the time is um stand for something or fall for anything and, uh, you know, that, that didn't really resonate with me, um, until I got to a place in life where it was like, what do you really stand for? And, uh, you know, when you start looking in the mirror and start trying to figure that out, it's really hard because, um, if you think about it, you know, our time on the face of this earth is, it's very limited and we don't know when our time's going to, to end. You know, I've seen... Teenagers, I've seen small, small, small people no longer here with us that were here yesterday, and um, the question is what we all start one place. So We all were born on a date. We're all going to expire on a date, mm-hmm. and the question is that dash in the middle. What will people? What will someone stand up there and say? This is what he stood for, mm-hmm. and so if you're not working towards that, then I think you're 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 not you're not following your calling, and so. That that's been my I would say the greatest advice that I could give anyone. Um, uh, you know, one of my when I started in the business, someone told me don't ever let anyone in the room outwork you. Let them be confused at your at your persistence and your ferocious behavior. Um, someone told me that. And so it's a handful of things that just kind of stick in my mind yeah. that makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm fiercely competitive, so I like to compete. I just like the thrill of competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being down and being able to just simply say, or someone to tell me I can't do something, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, let me roll my sleeves. I roll my sleeves up and say, let's get after it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, but I, you know, the advice I would give to anybody who's listening to this is just be be who you are and be 100% of who you are, and be the best best person you are. That's you right? Don't be anybody else. Don't be what other people want you to be, but just be yourself and, and use God's, use the gifts that, that the man upstairs and your parents have given you in guidance to be better than them, right? Um, my whole goal in doing this was, you know, I'm from Kankakee, Illinois. Shout out to Kankakee, Illinois, baby. But um, <laughs> I'm from yeah. Kankakee and, 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 and Lord bless my mother and my, my, my dad and, and, you know, my stepdad and, you know, because they gave me whatever they had, um, but I always wanted it to be better, right? And um, you know, we didn't have a ton, but you know, I always thought that I could, I could do more and uh, be more, um, because I saw others that that had it, right? And I always think if they have it, I can get it. Yeah. Right? They walk and chew gum and eat and, and breed just like me. Yeah. yeah. So if they can do it, I can do it. Right? And that's kind of the motto I teach people that hang around me is hey if they could do it you could do it yeah. regardless of what it is right if they could do it you could do it it's that attainable so there's nothing that's impossible for us so that's me guys i mean i, I continue to yeah to try and figure it out as we go along i don't think i have all the answers but yeah that's
1: so cool well, well thank you thank you so much uh we love to have you on the podcast and it was i mean i learned so much yeah incredibly that. insightful Thanks so much for listening to the BTW Podcast, Quarantine Edition. Um, for more information, you can check out our website, thebtwpodcast.com. Also, visit us on Facebook, the BTW Podcast, um, Twitter, at PodcastBTW, and check us out on Instagram. Um, Thank you so much to our supporters, most significantly, the Live Center, for all their help with the podcast. Um, Please go ahead and share this with your friends and family, and we hope to see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.